I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast from the Front Row Network, the podcast where we talk all things Disney. And we have had several of these recently because we have all of these brand new Disney properties that are really propping up the summer box office. We are talking the live action reimagining of The Lion King, directed by John Favreau. Oh, see, we didn't so sing that too well. Thank you. Six o'clock. See, see, we can do the whole. What is it? Is it penguins wear pajamas? Penguins wear pajamas. Yeah, something like that. I love this. This is horribly offensive. Yes. Why don't we start over? No. Okay. We love Swahili and. Absolutely. We have so many Jumbo Swalinese listeners. I don't, it is, right? It means yeah, hello. It should be. Anyway, my name is Craig and I am joined by my, my two co hosts, Brett Rutherford. Hi. Vanessa Ferguson. Hello. And as Jumbo. I mentioned, Jumbo. this is uh, our full disclosure on the brand new Lion King. So if you have not seen this movie, I would definitely recommend that you go out and see it. It's crushing all sorts of records, and Brett has the whole list of all the records it's crushing, but it made $191 million in opening weekend, which is the largest July release ever, along with the largest uh, opening weekend for any of these live-action reimaginings. So definitely go out and see this, uh, but our spoilers will begin in three, two, one. Mufasa dies. Oh, Mufasa does <laughs> oh. die. Twice. Oh my gosh. They show it twice. That's right. They did show it twice. It hurt both times. Can I tell you? Oh my gosh. This is the first movie that three of us have seen together. Yes. And I have some observations. Uh (laughs) One, it's so great to go to a movie with Brett because Brett gives you so much popcorn. Yeah. He wants to make sure you're comfortable. I'm surprised he didn't give us blankets. I know. It was like, it was so great. He brings you napkins. He brings you popcorn. Mm -hmm. Refills the popcorn bucket before the movie even starts. Yes. So going to see a movie with Brett, yeah. A-OK. Well, mm-hmm. hey, thank you, AMC. Um, endless popcorn endless bucket. popcorn bucket. What yearly was, popcorn bucket. What was funny about the popcorn bucket <laughs> is that you set it next to me, and you're like, if I leave this here, will you eat some? And I thought you were wanting me to. And I'm like, oh, yes, I will graze like a horse. I will never stop. Yes. And then that... I guess that meant that you were not afraid you were going to have enough popcorn. No, so no, I, no, I wasn't afraid. I was like going, I was, I was, being, like, oh, he left. I was being a good host <laughs> to get more popcorn. I was host of the popcorn bucket. So, uh, was, yeah. And my observation, Craig thinks I bring hamburgers to, <laughs> to the theater when I say I have Whoppers. She said I have, <laughs> I, she said I have Whoppers. <laughs> and I just assumed she was, she was joking. And then, so I, been listening to this new podcast we don't need to go into it but it's not new it's been out since 2015 it's new to me called uh, hello from the magic tavern and burger king prominently plays in that podcast so maybe that's why when you said i have whoppers yeah then i thought obviously she means the whoppers that you would get from a burger king yeah no no just the little candy whoppers and i shook them 
And I didn't realize how crunchy they were either until I put one in my mouth. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> well, yes, they, they were allowed candy, as it turns out yeah, to be. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. So here's my Vanessa observation. Uh-oh. She goes through an emotional roller coaster oh when my watching gosh. a movie. Uh, oh I have gosh. never seen anyone experience Mufasa a movie. died. Yes. I have, I have never seen anyone experience a movie the way that you experience a movie. Yeah. It really is a sight. The reason why I was I covering my face. I she should have a camera on her at all times. The she reason was so... I was covering my face because I was trying not to sob loudly oh. because it was coming. Because yeah. I'll do this thing where I'm like, why? 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 <laughs> and I was trying not to do that because that theater was full. But oh. So I was trying to be silent and just covering my silent face crying. and my... But even the laughing, everything, you just... Oh, the laughing, you go I do on. laugh very yes, loud. Yes, I do. Yes. You, you ride that roller coaster all the way through the movie, and I appreciate that. Where were all my laughers at that theater, by the way? I felt like I was really loud and like there was no... Usually there's like one other person who will... Laugh loudly. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anyone. It was just I snorted. Be our guest. You yelled. You yeah. yelled, and I think you realized that you were yelling, and then you stopped what you were going to say. You went bring, and I think you were going to say bring it, I but you just say bring it. Stopped. No, you didn't hear the bit. Last going, no, well, yeah. you stopped yourself. It but was it was hilarious. the overall experience. It was. It was. Yeah, See it was how much great. fun we can have together. You have, you have the best giggle, by yeah, the way, <laughs> and it encourages me to laugh more. Yeah, that was fun. Good. So, yeah. Yeah. See, so we have to do that again. Hopefully, this was not the first or the last time. This was the first time, but hopefully, it will not be the last. Exactly. Because this is like the first Disney fun. thing we've all done. Together. Oh my yeah. gosh! It's only been 127 years. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, more to come in the future. But yes, uh, so. So I will I will start off by giving my impressions and then I'll let the two of you go. Uh, but my first impressions of this movie is that when I look at a live action reimagining, I think, do I want to, if given the opportunity to watch the live action reimagining or watch the original, what would I choose? And so some examples, um, Cinderella, I would... I would easily pick the remake over the original. To me, uh, the remake is, is wonderful. Uh, Aladdin, I think I would still choose the original. Robin Williams is my guy. I, I was gushing all over Will Smith. I really enjoyed his performance, but uh, Robin Williams is my guy. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, I would much rather watch the original because there were some choices made in the live action that I didn't agree with. Uh, this movie, I think I would like to watch the remake over the original. Uh, and, you know, it's just because it, it is so visually Stunning, and there were some moments where, and uh, in, in particular, it seemed to happen with Scar more than anybody else, where like the the computer jumped a little bit, so you you got a sense that it was all digitally done. But the fact that they were the fact that they were putting all these animals together on screen like that, just absolutely incredible. Um, also, I enjoyed the more narrative that they gave us because this was closer to two hours the original is an hour and a half so you did get some extended scenes maybe almost like deleted scenes from the original uh, of course it didn't change the story much but I didn't think it was going to change the story much it mm-hmm. seems like a lot of the critique of the movie is that they didn't do enough to change the story uh, and it's like critics what do you want because uh, as soon as they change something in the story that's yeah. the, that becomes the critique right, right. but then uh, I think it's all trumped by Billy Eichner and his performance in this. I'm sorry, Nathan Lane, but you are no longer Timon in my mind because <gasps> that man just stole my heart. It was so great. So that's where I'm at. I would I would actually go back and likely when I have Disney Plus and I have the option of watching both of these movies, I think I would prefer to watch the remake. But Vanessa, uh, what are your first impressions? 
Uh, my first impression is that I really, really love this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's so funny. The humor, the lines, like um, the thing I left with was who wrote the script? Because the script is so genius. It's contemporary. It's a little meta. It's uh, It doesn't change a lot. Like you said, the story doesn't really change, but the humor, you can't just recycle the same jokes. Um, you just can't. It's not as funny. So they made it their own. They wrote new jokes, and that was that was perfect. It was so great. It's just what I hoped John Favreau would give us. And I probably, I am going to see this, but I want to take my mom so I can laugh really loud and embarrass her <laughs> when, I, when she watches it. So I will see it. And I don't understand why people are hating it. It doesn't take anything it. away from your childhood. Nothing's wrong with your childhood. You still have your childhood. <laughs> this is just, this is just another uh, like take on this story and it's really good. I loved it. I think uh, it's running in, in Brett not to trample your first impressions or stampede upon them. Um, but <laughs> da, 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 da. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I think stampede. that because we've had Dumbo and then Aladdin and then this and we're going to have Maleficent and Disney Plus is going to have Lady and the Tramp, the idea of these live action reimaginings is really picking up some scrutiny and what whether or not we want these or we needed these or are they just cash grabs or what are they? And in a way, they are cash grabs because Disney is still a business. But at the right. same time, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how each of these movies, uh, whether they are basically a mirror image of the original or they, they take it in a new direction, it seems like they've all proved why they are there or, or their purpose. And if you don't look at the visuals of this, I've, I've read online that this is the greatest cinematic visual achievement since Avatar. And I would mm-hmm. agree with that because the photorealism mm-hmm. in this is just absolutely out of this world. Yeah. And so even if you don't like that John Favreau stuck to mainly the big beats of the movie, use the same soundtrack, everything like that, you can. You need to at least appreciate the fact that visually, this is a huge step forward, even from Jungle Book just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So, Brett, what are your first impressions? Okay, my first impression was I didn't want to go see it. <laughs> okay, what? I know these were the these were the things that I sort of uh, have difficulties telling you people because you love the original. <laughs> And it was not my favorite. The oh my gosh! Was I, not know. Your favorite? I know. I know. Gasp! What? Audible gasp! Wow. No. It, you know, like in the Disney Renaissance of Little Mermaid to The Lion King or whatever, I'm like going. It's like fourth. <laughs> I'm like going. Wow. Little Mermaid and Aladdin were much higher than this. You know, mm-hmm. there might be a taint of the sort of. corporate culture and the whole dare I say Jeffrey Katzenberg Disney issue with the Lion King and all this which you know the Lion King was kind of his baby and um, kudos to everyone including Jeffrey Katzenberg during the time of the creation of the original however you know the things did not work out well for um, everyone involved in that situation, and he didn't get. Uh, well, anyway, that's a whole other story. What's better, Zootopia or Lion King? <laughs> well, uh, that definitely would be Lion King. But <laughs> okay, uh, I just want to make sure we do yeah, where we like stand. Sorry. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. So that was my big confession. Okay, and I had already confessed Vanessa that I had not seen the Jungle Book. 
remake. But you've <laughs> seen it now, right? No, you, you I were supposed that. to watch it as soon it's as we my, were done with the Lion Zootopia. King. It's my no, no, it's my new Inside Out. Yes, I haven't seen it yet. Heavy sigh. So I came to this movie. Well, I even told Vanessa, I'm like going, if I fall asleep, don't you know wake me. So which was unacceptable, and I said I would wake you. <laughs> but I was so surprised. Yeah. I'm like going, I loved it. And as Craig said, I would rather watch this than the original. Yeah. You even gave a Z snap in the in the I fight scene. You were <laughs> you were Z snapping all over the place. I was, yes. Well, you know, yeah, so it was You were into I it. I was I was. I was mm-hmm. very into it. Mm-hmm. I you know, I was surprised. I'm like going, I was I was watching with the critics eye going, Yeah, Ryan, entertain me. Yes, what does this film have to give? Apparently it gives you everything. Well, what's interesting about it is, like, I I was really interested to see uh, Just Can't Wait to Be King because it was one of my favorite songs growing mm-hmm. up. It's one of my son's favorite songs. He loves it. And it has so many visuals in the animation, um, so many colors and pops of color. I didn't know how they were going to do that. But what they did was they, they kind of shot this movie almost as though it was like part of the Disney nature series at some mm-hmm. points. And so they still had the flamingos and they had the hippos and they had the giraffes and everything else. But Simba just wasn't crawling all over them and jumping on their heads or whatever. He was just running through their legs and, mm-hmm. and they were still getting lost. Like Zazu was still having a hard time keeping up with him. And so that was just so cool. It was so mm-hmm. well done. Um, and so I, I really... I, it's hard to know what some of the critics are seeing um, when they go and do their reviews. And I think part of it is, I was trying to pull up Box Office Mojo here, but um, Disney is just absolutely dominating the box office this summer. And really to the point where that is the reason why the summer box office is even remotely doing... um, in the mediocre category because all the other movies are really performing very poorly. Now, some people would say it's because Disney's taking up all the oxygen. I would say if you want to have a strong box office, then you're going to need these movies, obviously, because people just aren't flocking to whatever. I, I know. Flocking. Uh, anyway, I know our uh, our thread. They were talking about some alligator movie that was getting good reviews. Uh, some horror movie. <laughs> I bet um, see an alligator pass. movie. No. Uh, pass on the alligator movie. It's, yeah, uh, but. You know, so the top movies now of 2019 are all Disney properties, and that's at the worldwide box office and at the domestic box office. So, um, yeah, you can hate on Disney, but at the same time, they're really part of the reason why Hollywood is surviving in a in what has been sort of down movie years with streaming services and things like that coming online. So, um, you know, just just back off it, I guess, is, yeah. is my message. Yes. Get out of here. I like it when you say, get out of here with that. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of here. You know, I just, and I, I, you know, we had that question when the movie was over. It was like going, why are they hating on this? And I mean, I, my response was that I think there's jealousy out there, you know, you know, how Mm -hmm. can, I mean, this, this giant corporation is, you know, is, as you say, making, taking up all the oxygen and making all this money. And I think there's a little hate. The other thing, honestly, you know, with the 27th reimagining of a film, the thing 
kind of my takeaway when I was leaving was I want to see something original from Disney. And mm-hmm. I don't know that that's from Disney, from Disney animation or even, you know, Pixar is coming up with something new here. Mm-hmm. But Disney, mm-hmm. Disney, I want something new. From I totally them. get that. And yeah. I, I think that that's a valid critique. But I did go back and look. If you think about in the last decade, um, and I think it might just be outside of the decade, but starting with The Princess and the Frog, we've gotten The Princess and the Frog, we've gotten Tangled, we've gotten Moana, we've gotten Frozen, we've gotten Zootopia, uh, Wreck-It Ralph, all of these movies that uh, were original ideas and original properties. Now, granted, much like what Walt did, Mm -hmm. they're borrowing from Grimm's fairy tales or whatever the case may be, but putting their own spin on it. So we know that Frozen is the Snow Queen, we know that Tangled is Rapunzel, but still bringing an original take to those. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we we did have a line of sequels here, you know, with Wreck-It Ralph 2 and now going into Frozen 2, but I do think that on D23, (laughs) I do think at D23 next month, uh, which you're so excited about, uh, I do think that we're going to get some more original properties, and like, there's there's been a big swell in the last decade of really solid, original Disney movies, and so uh, much like Michael Eisner decided that the way to get more money out of a property was to sequelize it to death um, and put it right direct to home video because that was still so new. Uh, I, Bob Iger's obviously the decision has been made that these live action reimaginings are the way to help make some additional funds, um, maybe in a way uh, alter the stories to be more current. And then, you know, you, you get the box office haul out of something like a Lion King that's going to make a billion and a half dollars. And you can then take that and fund those other properties within your studio. So that's, you know, that's where I'm at with these. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we've talked a lot about that, so let's dive actually into the movie. And it is directed by John Favreau, so we want to mention that um, my absolute love for that man. So, John, if you ever <laughs> want to be on the podcast, Oh, my gosh. Know. Oh, I would die. I would just die. <laughs> Literally, I would die. Actually, oh if, if we had the opportunity Literally. to ever talk to him and they were like, no, you have to be on L.A. tomorrow, I'd be like, okay. I'm yeah. Making, I'm yeah, making, making this happen. happen. I'm making yeah. this happen. Um, but we won't forget that you were in Spider-Man Homecoming like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow did. But um, John Favreau really brings it again. Uh, he did such great work with Jungle Book. Obviously, visionary director in that sense, especially from a story standpoint uh, and from a visual standpoint. I mean, even looking back at Iron Man, but uh, movies like Elf, he's always done a really good job of mm-hmm. bringing that visual story to you in his films and just an absolute incredible uh, tale to see. And, and he lived up to the original, uh, and in my sense, he passed the original. Uh, but at the very least, he lived up to what that movie was from the 90s. So can you, can you imagine taking on that? The Lion King? The next King? thing yeah. I'm going to do is The Lion King. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's And I th- that's I'm wondering amazing. if what people had, maybe what their issue was, is that, you know, The Lion King's very musical. It's very kind of showy in that way. And I was looking back to The Jungle Book and... Favreau's reimagining of that is not a big musical show. It has music, but it's it's, it's more, cut out most of the songs though. Yeah, yeah, it's more realistic singing. And so and especially in The Lion King, there's some speak singing happening. There's not these there's not a lot of big belty 
songs from the characters. Yeah, be you know, prepared, not as, not be, as right, exactly. As I, I'm thinking to be prepared because um, Jeremy Irons and uh, Jim Cummings, who also helped voice that, they're very theatrical in their interpretation. Mm-hmm. Be prepared is much more subtle mm-hmm. and um, very menacing. I thought yeah, Scar was way so like creepier and manipulative in this mm-hmm. film. It was kind of like how they took Jafar and they made him more Machiavellian, more manipulative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Chuatel Ejiofor brought that same level of uh, creepiness uh, to the character. I will say that one of our co-hosts on the network, Ryan, had said that Scar was thrown away in this because it was a flat portrayal of Scar, and I disagree with that. I, I, I think disagree. that it's a, yeah. I think it's a different it was, take. It was, um, it's it was a little a serious more, performance. It's serious. It's it was, subtle, it was like, it manipulative. Was, it was Shakespearean, and then you know, yeah, in, Shakespearean's in, a good, yeah, and it's you know, Hamlet. It is. We're, we're it acting is. out Hamlet, you know. Here, so yeah. it is. So I'm like yeah. going, and it was subtle. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I mean, it was more realistic. Yes. Like if if it wasn't a lion, yeah. if it was a pe- <laughs> if it was people on stage or yes. in a film. It would be like a very good portrayal, yes. a very real portrayal. Subtle. Yeah, Subtle, mm-hmm. not over the top. Right, you know? I loved it. I, I think it was. Really good. I think it was bolstered by his supporting villains in the hyenas because mm-hmm. they did not. I mean, they had obviously the funniness of the close talker or like the the guy that wanted to be next to the other yeah. one, um, but they didn't have an Ed. Mm-hmm. You know, there mm-hmm. wasn't uh, the slapstick nature mm-hmm. of the hyenas and yeah. so that really made them more menacing mm-hmm. um, and who played the lead hyena because she was excellent uh, um, she was that so great was, I have it right here um, Florence Kasumba she played Shensi. was so scary to me yeah. like her yeah. voice she did such a but great job also, with her voice acting yeah. Also, I don't know if you the guys know this, but hyenas, um, the female is the lead of the group in nature. She's the alpha. So she's the alpha, and I like that they made her like a total, like. Yeah, because she took the Whoopi Goldberg role. Yes. And, yeah. I mean, really, way different performance. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. She's yeah. really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, to so quote Jessica Rabbit, she was drawn that way. <laughs> we started to, to jump into some of the characters. Uh, and, of course, we have James Earl Jones reprising his role as Mufasa. And it almost seems like um, they almost used some of the audio tracks from the original at some yeah. moments just because it sounded so identical. Um, I will say I was surprised because when they announced that James Earl Jones had done this, and this might be slightly controversial, but he's getting up there in age, and when he he uh, had to say some lines as Darth Vader in Rogue One, I thought he sounded old. And in this movie, to me, he didn't sound old. And I don't know if that was the sound editing or what it was, um, but to me, he sounded like Mufasa did in 1994. You know, he, um, and enough so to where really, unless they had added in some of the extra little uh, bits in the lines or or, uh, names in the lines and things like that, he sounded like it was the the track from 1994. And so I I don't know if we have too much more to say about him because he was reprising that role. I don't know that anybody could have been Mufasa except for him. Just his death was just, it felt so much worse. Yes. Well, I knew, I I knew what was coming. My face was turned away from the screen. And I was thinking, oh, Vanessa, oh, Vanessa, (laughs) this is going to be bad. I don't like to see animals getting hurt. You don't, yeah. So I'm like going, she is triggered. So there was an article online. 
I wanted to bring up because, and I know I keep bringing up the critiques of this movie, but really this is a, a lower scoring movie on Rotten Tomatoes for uh, Disney Studios. It was somewhere in the 50s when it came out. I don't know where it's at now. Um, but Collider, uh, they posted an article. One of their reviewers said that the death was hilarious. And it, made them, it made them laugh out loud because think, it you know, seemed so unrealistic. And what? I, so I had read that headline, only the headline, before we went in, because it was on Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, before we went into the movie. So I didn't want to say that to either of you before I saw the movie, that yeah. this was a critique, because I wanted to see for myself what they were going for. And I have no clue. I truly have no idea what that reviewer was seeing in that death scene, because it seemed, you know, like they had him twist in the midair because, of course, a cat would try to land on his feet. Like, everything about it seemed very uh, real. I So, I just wanted to get your responses to that because, again, I don't want to bash on all the other critics that didn't like this movie, but at the same time, this was one that stuck out to me. A criticism that I just didn't feel was valid. I just... In general, I, I can't really speak to that because I'm with you. I don't see what they're saying. But I think in general, we as a society have to be very careful to just not be negative for the sake of being negative. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. Stand-up, sometimes you're, it's like trying to be funny and stand-up's all about like pointing out what's weird about the world. And that can come across as negative. But it just seems like people went in looking for something to hate. Like, yes, I, I literally I saw so posts of people saying, like, articles of, I'm banning, I'm trying to get people to not let their children go see this because it will ruin. Nothing's being, what is this negativity? Just enjoy it. It's it's it's, it's very, intense. it's an enjoyable it's film. And yeah. that scene, I thought, was, was well done. I don't see, I don't see what's so laughable or comical about it. I thought, I thought the film as a whole was very realistic and beautiful and well done. Okay. Well, you know, I, going into this, I had issues with talking animals. Real, you know. Yeah. So. Some of y'all have not watched Milo and Otis and it shows. <laughs> like going homeward bound. Still, although they, homeward did, bound. they didn't move their lips though. I didn't even notice. See, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like going, I just want to hear their thoughts, you know, or why don't, you know, why don't we just, you know, why don't we just not have any dialogue at all and just watch this, you know, but so, uh, but, you know, I got over that whatever phobia (laughs) and the anthropomorphizing animals with talking animals. No, I don't know. How do we, anyway, that, so uh, I got over it. So you're Um, ready for cats now. No, that's another podcast. Ooh. Sorry, I don't let's think not go there. Ready for cats? <laughs> I'm ready. I well, that's another podcast. <laughs> They're not just cats. Or Mr. Rogers. Don't get me cats. started. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm just. Um, I I was surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did. That was yeah. kind of a little bit of a takeaway, and we're not quite there yet. But let's go through some of the more of the voice actors. Sure. Um, I think that we should probably uh, give some props to young Nala and to young uh, Simba. And I believe young Simba's name was J.D. McCrary. Uh, I thought he did a great job, and it mm-hmm. seemed like that was him actually singing uh, I Just Can't Wait yeah. to Be King because uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I don't believe, actually sang the songs during oh, the 94 I don't, 94 movie. I don't I, sorry JTT if I am uh, undercutting your role in The Lion King but I don't think that he actually did um, and so 
this seemed like that that was done. Um, and then uh, Shahidi, uh, right? Joseph was young Nala, and I thought that they had a really good chemistry, a really fun. good interaction. Yeah, she doesn't get to do nearly as much, and that's just part of the script. Uh, Nala kind of disappears after the elephant graveyard, but the young Simba, to me, he really, really did a great job with some yes. good emotion uh, during the death scene, and then also uh, during the beginning of Hakuna Matata. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that that he did a really great job with that. Um, anybody else that you wanted to call out? Oh my gosh, Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> I was kind of waiting really? for that one. Oh, that's can, okay. Can we talk John Oliver just for just a second sure, before yeah. sure. we get there? Uh, yeah. Because right. I, I think that John Oliver was tough for me when they mentioned him as a casting because I only think of him as John Oliver. And it did take me out of the, mo- the movie for just a second when he comes to do the morning report, the very first thing that he does, because it's like, man, that's John Oliver. But at the same time, I think after a while, uh, they gave Zazu some additional lines. And I know you have mm-hmm. one written down, so I don't know if you wanted to read it out that you... Well, I like it because he says, um, um, I had a cousin who thought he was a woodpecker. He slammed his head into trees and, and beak, our beaks aren't built for it. He was concussed regularly. <laughs> it, was, it was how he said. There was like a... Concussed <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a beat before he said it too, so it was just like beat, and then he goes, he was concussed regularly. <laughs> so good. But I did I did really enjoy uh, I did really enjoy Zazu. Um, I thought he was. The, the nice part about this is that it was written in a way that allowed for that those dry humor moments. Jeez, God. 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 We lost her. What? We lost her. But he's trying to just drag Scar, and he's like, did I tell you about my cousin? He's a woodpecker. He's a woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> We lost her. She's gone. Oh, gone. She's gone forever. I'm going to see this movie, okay? I got to have someone else to talk about it with. <laughs> so then before we get to uh, Donald Glover and to Beyonce, let's talk about Timon and Pumbaa because uh, this combination, when I first heard the soundtrack, I was so unimpressed with Seth Rogen's voice in Hakuna Matata yeah. uh, on the soundtrack on the sound- that, I was, totally that I was just like, I was like, this is going to be so terrible. Yeah. Like, they, why did they cast this man um but then in the actual film mm-hmm. i didn't mind it nearly as much no. like i don't know if it was like because of the visuals going on at the same time or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. but god those two together were just so yeah <laughs> so funny so funny billy actor for president Ugh. that's uh that's my new campaign well, I, i'm watching our new um, phrase is okay in as few words as possible how are you <laughs> <laughs> no. i love that I love that. That's so good. Yes, I care, sort of. Yeah. Care, yes. And oh, then, and oh no, the, I lost it. No, no, I lost it on the Ma Chère Mademoiselle. I just, I snorted. I snort laughed for that. Yes. And then, and then when they went, when they started to sing it, I'm just like going, I was. Well, I wondered what they were going to do. So the scene we're talking about is when uh, Timon and Pumbaa have to distract the, the hyenas. hyenas. Yes. And in the animated movie, um, Timon is in a luau yes. costume. Right. And it's that's really funny. So I'm like, well, they can't do the same joke again. What are they going to do? And suddenly uh, Timon is singing Be Our Guest. And yes. it was Oh my gosh, the theater just erupted. It, it was, was so, so funny. funny. Maybe better than you and McGregor did. <laughs> so way better. It was so good. <laughs> it was so so well done. Oh well. Um, Those are just thoughts. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, I like the carcasses line when he's <laughs> so Timon yeah. and Pumbaa they're, they're riding up oh, and they see Simba's oh. 
yeah. Pride Land, which is like completely destroyed by the yes. hyenas at this point. And I think, what does Timon say? Like, nice. Oh, I like what you've done with the place. It's a lot heavy of carcasses. On the, heavy a little on the, heavy car- on the carcass. heavy on the carcass. <laughs> Yeah. So good, you guys. That uh, that performance is really one of those that's just going to stick with me for so yeah, long. I can't yeah. wait to watch it again for those lines. He yes. just absolutely crushed it. Yeah, uh, and too, Seth Rogen. Yes, the chubby, the chubby. Line, he he says he's. He fight. He's never going to run away from fighting a bully. That was so right, funny. And yes. every now and then you hear his uh, iconic Seth Rogen laugh, mm-hmm. which makes me laugh. Yes. So what's I, that line that you liked from the scene they released? We'll call him Fred. Oh, right. He's like, oh, it's a little lion. And then he, we're gonna call him Fred. Oh my gosh, I cr- I watched that several times and I cried <laughs> several times. Yeah, so, so hard. I, uh, and then I, I need to call out um, the extended version of the lion, uh, lion Sleeps Tonight where all the other animals joined <laughs> in with them. Yes. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. It was so good. So well done. Um, so I, I I can't say enough good things about the, the combo of those two. And they had a lot to live up to because Timon and Pumbaa are so iconic. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, Nathan Lane does a wonderful job as Timon in particular. And, and so I, he, to me, Billy Eichner just absolutely, it was a different kind of Timon. Yeah, it and, was different. Um, it was so, so well done. So uh, any other comments on Timon and Pumbaa? Little baby Pumbaa is adorable. Oh, so I can't, adorable. my heart couldn't handle that part. So <laughs> adorable. How about now let's talk uh, Donald Glover and uh, Beyonce. So they obviously gave Beyonce a lot more to do in this movie. And uh, to, for the most part, I appreciated that because you get a huge mega star like Beyonce. And Nala doesn't really have that large of a role other than getting Simba back to the Pride Land. Right. So we got to see a really cool scene of her sneaking out of the Pride Land, mm-hmm. which uh, was mm-hmm. not involved in the animated series. Mm-hmm. Because you always thought, like, are they letting her patrol or, or what are the, how did she get there? You know, it just kind of happens to move the plot along. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was really neat to see her, like, actually having to sneak out of the Pride Lands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, also, I, I think if I had a gripe, uh, it comes in Beyonce's character. But I want to hear what your thoughts are on Beyonce first before I uh, jump into my gripe. Well, you know, I was, I was, I was so into it. I was so into this you know, into the story and the characters, not the the voice actors. And then I went, oh, that's right, it's Beyonce. You know, and at the point of the movie, you know, when when uh, when her character Nala, Nala, Nala. yeah, that's right. Nala has been on screen for a while. I'm like going, oh, that's right, it's Beyonce. Oh my gosh, you know. So I'm just like going, which I thought was a good thing. I'm mm-hmm. like going, you know, it wasn't it. How sometimes, you know, there's kind of stunt casting sort of thing, which kind of, mm-hmm. you would kind of think, you know, it was. But I thought it was, I, yeah. thought she, I thought she was great. I thought it was solid. The only thing, because it is Beyonce, when she's telling all the other lionesses to fight, I, in my own head, inserted, who run the world? Girls. Who run this month? Girl. And I'm like, fight, fight. And like have that soundtrack in the back of my mind while that scene's going on. Yeah. But that's just me and my own personal problems. Well, so. and their problems with, um, with Scar is all the single ladies. Anyway, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, but that little uh, new, like, side story of, of him being rejected mm-hmm. by uh, Sarabi. 
and and her marrying Mufasa. Alfie Woodard, who we didn't really mention, but yes, she's solid. solid. But that that like. No, I will not eat with you. I was like, ooh, this is taking this to another level. Well, it's yeah. kind of like, I mean, in, I guess I don't really, <laughs> it's not going to sound really not bright about this, but I'm like going, in the lion world, in, the, in a pride, there is, there is the lion. Mm-hmm. Does he have multiple... Cubs. Yes, from various Lionesses. partners. Yes. I, don't, I don't know if they're like... Uh, Is that... No. No, they, they don't? They're monogamous? They, I'm going to say that they are monogamous because okay. that's the world I want to live in. Okay. One lioness to we one to, lion I don't know. Well, it was man. kind of like... That was one of the, you know... I mean, one of the, the things there is that, you know, the... The, the, the land is failing because, you know, well, because of right. it's being overrun by, well, bad management, basically. But there are no new cubs coming around either. So Well, you get to see that. Not I'm not getting any. Sorry, Scar. My mind is not going to go there. I'm shutting it down. I think we're gonna have to, we're going to have to look that look that up. Mm-mm. And I should have looked I'm up before now. I'm not Googling anything. Anyway. You, uh, <laughs> you definitely get that visual more about the uh, Pride Lands really being decimated mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because it's it's really you know not really there because it's cgi i understand that whole so argument it about so real, it's so not live action whatever because and i get that i totally get it but you've got to see this movie i mean like you know i know you've already seen this because we mentioned the spoilers but um it, it really does truly seem like you know that so, this is more than just a cgi world everything it, it is well. Everything. It did say it did say special thanks to Disney's Animal Kingdom. So I don't know if they filmed some of the background shots at Animal Kingdom. Was it like what, um, did they do motion capture with animals or no, <laughs> like like so you know? I mean, like, did they do? Is was it like you know? I can't wait to the see the behind the scenes. Were the background? Yeah, ooh, behind the scenes. Then we'll yeah. know. Yeah. Then might be, we'll know might what be worth because uh, this will be on Disney Plus probably opening day. I would guess they yeah. haven't announced that yet. Like Captain Marvel, Aladdin. Those movies behind the be, scenes and all the stuff that right. you have so it's to almost like the DVD for. That's what I was oh. going to say. It's almost like I, I kind of want to buy the digital version yes. of this just because of that. Point. Um, iTunes, iTunes extras. Yeah, oh. absolutely. <laughs> there goes more money. Uh, <laughs> So I, I did have my dad joke that she's Queen Bay or Queen B yeah. at the end. Yeah. yeah. So I appreciated that because Nala's queen, right? So yeah. uh, my gripe comes in using the song Spirit in the middle of the movie because um, here's my deal with that. I, I understand they want her to win an Oscar for that song, and I think that she's going to have a really good shot at it depending on uh, what's in Frozen 2 and, and out later this year. But it was it took me out of it a bit because here's nala not actually singing this song but the but it's her over the animals running back to the pride lands and there there's another song that i just appreciate so much more that i wish would have been in this mm. movie mm-hmm. and that was at the credits of uh, he lives in you and i wish that they would have switched those songs put beyonce's song in the credits um, which were where it still would have qualified for an Oscar, by the way, and then uh, put uh, "He Lives in You" that Swahili version of "He Lives in You" uh, in that moment. But Brett's shaking his head. Yeah. Tell me why I'm wrong. No, I don't say no. I would never say you're wrong to your face. But I would. <laughs> uh, but I would say I just found that 
you know, in a, in a in a film that we know, we can sing the hot, you know, the, the everything to find something new was like a breath of fresh air right here. And I'm like going, well, yes, Beyonce, go ahead and sing this song because I just I thought it was fresh. I thought I it was fresh. I thought it was so nice. Well, there yeah. were so many runs in there this, were a lot this of runs. movie too. I'm they like, went out like, for a marathon. You know, this, uh, even well, yeah. what? Even you know, Don Glover, all of them, Childish Gambino. You know, oh, all of them. I love him. All of them were, yeah, you know, yeah. adding there. I agree with you though. I love He Lives in You. It's from the Lion King Broadway show. And it was in Lion King 2. And it was in Lion King 2. Which, which that was a Did that video. come out after the Lion King Broadway show? That's a great question. I'm but, not sure the answer. I do know it was direct video. Here's here's what I can tell you. I listened to the Broadway soundtrack first. Then I saw Lion King 2 and I said, oh, that's where they stuck that song. Because that song is like the highlight of Lion King 2. Other than that, you really don't need to see Lion King 2. <laughs> um, but that song is amazing. Allegedly. I think it's, it's the best song ever. And I, I was waiting for that to be in that spot as well. When I heard Spirit, okay, fine. I like that song too. But it's not the same as He Lives in You. That's a great song. I get it from a commercial aspect that having Beyonce in your movie you want to give her a song to sing in the movie. I yes. totally get it. But for what? me, it took me out of it a little bit just because that's when I saw that. I mean, I saw that as a decision made because they wanted to have Beyonce sing a solo. And yet and other people thought it was fresh. Yeah. So yes. That's true. That's very true. So, um... I think we talked about many of the characters. We didn't really talk too much about Chiwetel Ejiofor. We did. We brushed on at the beginning. Uh, I would say that um, his singing left something to be desired, which is why they allowed him to speak, be prepared. Uh, and it, but that was okay to me. They kind of actually truncated "Be Prepared." It was a lot shorter in this yeah. version than it yeah. was well, in the actual that, animated film. That is film. an iconic performance. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Gee. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So, um, so let's move into uh, talking about some of the other aspects or favorite scenes that we didn't touch on, and then we can start to wrap up with things like what didn't work for us, and then uh, also what we see going forward. So, Vanessa, are there any other scenes you wanted to touch on that we? haven't talked about already well um i am having trouble thinking of one Uh, fair uh, my 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 biggest thing that i notice is that and i don't know if it's supposed to be yeah okay it's not like this in hamlet i don't think but it's so heavy and dark in the death scene and like leading up to, I mean, the first half, I mean, there's lightness in the first half because you're getting to know Mufasa and his relationship with the son that's very sweet and cute and stuff. But then, like, uh, Scar's getting really dark and then you have this really heavy moment and then desert scene. Like, Simba's walking through the desert, which is just like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then thank, I, I just, the, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but the contrast in the first half and the second half is just so drastic that it it was it was an it's emotional a, roller co- yeah. coaster. Like I wasn't quite prepared for that. Well, um, wasn't there wasn't there crying? Weren't there little kids crying during part yes. of the really? I don't know. I was Seven, crying. You know? I was sobbing. And then when little and the you are a little kid, is, so I'm no. I have a great depth for empathy. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so you know, Simba's walking through the desert all alone. I'm like, that lion's gonna die there. There's no way he doesn't have any water. There's no cactuses around. So, <laughs> like, literally trying to figure out this lion's gonna survive. <laughs> He's gonna and eat then, some bugs. I, 
but he didn't, yes. didn't know how to do that yet. And then he finally meets Tony Bo, and I'm really, I was really, really glad that that part was so funny because had it not been, if it had really just laid flat, oh my gosh, that movie would have just sunk for me. Five more but seconds was, of buzzards, and you would have been. Done. I would have been dead. I would have yes. been done. The only thing I thought was a little. Um, Different. It was. Int- I. I was. I was going. Hmm. Was the fur scene where Simba loses his fur? Adult Simba loses his fur, mm-hmm. and then it gets into the water, mm-hmm. and then it gets picked that, up by a bird, and then it giraffe eats it, and then we're going to skip a step and just have a dung beetle pushing the dung. We're just not. We're going to let imagination figure out how the fur got in the dung beetle from the giraffe to the. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So then it's rolling along, and then it fl- floats off and Rafiki picks it up. I'm like, do you know where that fur has been? It just escaped from a dung ball. That's nasty. It's the circle of life. That that was definitely the Disney nature portion of the movie to me. Um, And it did seem like maybe it went on just a symbiosis. Snip it too long. That's what I felt. I was like, how much longer is this going to go on? We've got the ants carrying the dung beetle fur now. And yeah. And then like Rafiki knows that's him. Couldn't be fur from anyone else. It's definitely from Samba. Oh, that was my question. When did when did Rafiki become Yoda? You know, it, it was um, it definitely it reminded me when he starts fighting. Uh, it reminded me of like Yoda fighting yeah. in mm-hmm. like going, Star Wars two. So that took um, me out. So that was my take. The original. Yeah, I know. But I'm like, going, but he was like, you know, he was doing his little giggly thing, and I'm like, going, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's Yoda. He is definitely more like Yoda in this. I would, you know, I would give yeah. you. I would give you that. Thank you for giving that to me, Greg. Anytime. <laughs> um, my, uh, another favorite scene that I have, and I have to apologize to the two of you. So you were very gracious in allowing me to go to my recliner theater that I absolutely love. <laughs> but oh. the oh. audio wasn't quite I know. what we wanted it to be yeah. at the beginning was, of the yes. movie. Because, yeah. And this is the scene that... Uh, I may be speaking out of turn here, but you saw some of this at D23 last mm-hmm. time, and mm-hmm. you said it was shot for shot, the exact same mm-hmm. opening. And that is such an impressive way to, to bring you into that world to, to, show, yes. uh, to show you that. And I just wish that the audio in our theater <laughs> yeah. was wow. better. I think you and I were both like, wait for it, wait for it. And then you hear, nah, <laughs> Like, ready, literally that know. volume. And we were like... Hmm. What? Yes. That like was it's kind of a letdown. Ah! Yeah, it's yes. going to be blasting. Yes. Yeah. Blast. So maybe if we saw it at the other theater. Maybe this would have been IMAX. more than also, yeah, yeah. IMAX. I well, should see it in IMAX. Yeah, that's what I was. I actually was like thinking going, about going back to see it in IMAX. Yeah. Because so I, I was if used, to, I'm used it. to, I'm used to bigger screens now that I've been right. spoiled by them. Yeah. So but I'm those like reclining chairs are what gets you. Yeah. yeah. But if you haven't seen it yet, maybe that's something that you consider is going to a fancier theater so you can really take in that sound and the visuals because um, this is a film that warrants that. Yes. We've kind of combined our favorite scenes and what didn't work for us, but Brett, do you have either favorite scenes? No, that was my Yoda question. Just the like Yoda when, question? When, you know, I mean, I was like, why, when did he become Yoda? Oh, yeah. But that was my, that was my big thing. Other than that, I'm like going, I was surprised I was so engaged in the whole thing. So I'm like going. Yeah, and you know the fight scenes too. I mean, I was like, are they really going to be that engaging? Are they? Am I really going to be into it? Because it's 
like kitty cats fighting and stuff. It's like, you know. But, you know, it, it, was it little, really was. It was super cute kitty cats. It was super cute kitty cats. But I, but it really was like fight, fight, fight. And I'm like, you know, one one good nice slap yeah. with the claws and one of those lines going down. I just think that if this doesn't if this doesn't get acknowledgement in the award season with uh, all the visual effects that it did, then I mean, what, what are we even doing here? Academy? What are we doing? Get out of here will, with I that! I will resign from the academy. Oh, but I need to be invited. First. This is a very interesting question, and I want your opinions on it because, of course, we have no say in it. Okay, but Brett, does this? Uh, is this open for nomination in the best animated feature category? Ooh. Huh. Because that's come I, around now. That really? question of is this an, really truly an animated movie? Because in a way, I mean, it is. It's photorealism, but it's it's animated, right? Hmm. I mean, it's CGI, just like a, another CGI. Hey, movie. whatever gets you the Oscar. <laughs> right, but I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I just told you. Whatever, whatever gets, gets you the, the Oscar. Oscar. <laughs> I'm like going, is that why you put some actors in the supporting category, <laughs> even though they really sure, are yes. the star and, it's, and all it's, that? Yeah. It's, there's no politics involved in any of these award ceremonies. No politics. None whatsoever. So, mm. I'm okay with that. I'm okay, too. I mean, what? Well, Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I doubt if it makes for best picture. So. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. I think after it was lambasted by the critics, it won't. But I'm just wondering if if it should uh, if it should be considered for best animated feature. It probably sure. won't. It's probably it probably won't be. Oh, because because that those because that would be opening up a whole other area for that particular group of of. Um, powers to be in animation circles. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Disney, most of the time, there's a campaign or a push behind what's going to be nominated or whatever, and I don't see them, because they're calling this a live-action reimagining, and they're kind of disregarding the fact that it's truly not live-action, this... You know, I don't think that they're going to campaign for it in that particular. No, they'll award. just cash they'll their do checks with Frozen Two, right? Yeah, Frozen like, Two. They've already got a good one. Toy Story Four. Oh, Toy Story Four. That's right. Yeah, so they'll be up against each I'm other. I'm sorry. Did you say good? <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> I know. You guys, in your Toy Story Four, I made Forky with with my son. See, uh, well, that's Forky. good. Yeah, we made Forky. They that had like a so creativity wow, set. That's cool. Thing. I do like Forky. Um, and so, yeah, just that's okay. Stay I'm away not from what? Don't be I'm so. Mean. I think okay. Here, Brent and I were talking about this what? about summer. Oh wow, that's Forky. Wow, look at you. You did. Oh my it. gosh, I did so make like, Forky. There's a creativity set that you can find on uh, really on. Uh, there was, there was merchandise about. There was merchandise. There was merchandise for Story Toy Story for trash for Toy Story. Why did you just know it's trash? So you know what he does? What? He, he picks up Forky and he goes, "I'm Forky. I'm trash." Oh. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're no. melting my heart because you, so so you remembered the adorable. movie." Okay, but anyway, um, where are we? Lion King. I, Lion King. Uh, but, so okay, Lion, yeah. to tie in though, Toy Story and this whole movie Disney movie thing. Mm-hmm. I I've been calling this like the the summer of Disney, we had three films. Mm-hmm. Aladdin, I think, was a really good opener. Mm-hmm. Toy Story 4 kind of made me feel a little mellow. I think it was the, the storyline's a little bit on the sadder side for the ending. I'm just really glad, because I, I was, things were looking a little bleak with all these 
critics' reviews with Lion King. And then I'm just really glad we had such a fun time and really enjoyed it as much as we did because that's how I wanted to end this this the Disney summer, summer Disney. season. I know we've got one more uh, Artemis Fowl, and then you have Maleficent. I don't want to. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't no, it's in the, enjoy in, Artemis Fowl. That's not the summer. In the oh, August, it's, it's August. Oh, it's uh, Artemis Fowl has been not Maleficent. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. in October. Yeah. So. And that's fine. I'm okay with Maleficent in October. That's fine. Yeah, I'm but ready th- for that. this is our kind of our final summer. You forgot season. Dumbo. No, well. no, that was in spring, <laughs> and I didn't see it. So <laughs> the spring of tears, yep. Dumbo and Endgame. If you want yep. to expand it to that, yeah. Um, but okay, so uh, thank you both for your thoughts on the Lion King, and thank you for listening to us. We have a lot of really cool things coming up. Uh, these two both have independent trips planned. They didn't plan behind my back or anything, but you're on the way to uh, Walt Disney World. Orlando! And maybe you can Mm -hmm. do a brief, like, even a solo trip report. Just grab your phone or something, or, I don't know, like, you know? Yeah, I need to do some downtime, yeah. Yeah, I can record from the Magic Kingdom, yo. It'd be kind of fun if you recorded, like, little snippets of like what you know, like just your thoughts or whatever, and then okay. we kind of combine them. Not to oh, wow. not to tell you that you have to do work while. No, you're, that's okay. But you know, just like if you have like a few minutes, like where you can just like. Yeah, you I always said you that. wanted to pretend like you're vlogging. I'm basically. I telling do you. pretend like you're I vlog, and I never show you're anybody. Ready, you're ready for it. You're ready for the big time, baby. Because I think that uh, <laughs> you won't be there to laugh at my jokes. I think that you the feed would. I think that the feed would really would really love. Okay, because at least hungry. I would want to listen because we're it's hungry. Done. Consider. Done. And then it's happening. Yes. We're at 29 days when we um, record this. I think I count, I say 28. 28 I say, days. Because I don't count the day that I'm going. To D23 Expo. Well, yes, yeah, first of all, it's 28 days to Disneyland. Okay. And, uh, and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And then, uh, and then D23 Expo and... We're finding out exactly how we get to get in lines and not get in lines and experience everything that is so exciting about D23 Expo 2019. <sighs> so so yeah. excited for you. So keep a uh, watch on our feeds. Uh, we'll share some of them to the Front Row Network. But also I know you're listening to this on the Front Row Network feed. Make sure you also like the Beyond the Mouse page on Facebook and uh, follow along with our feed because we'll have some exclusive stuff on there and some special stuff. Exclusive, you know. Exclusive. So (laughs) then uh, after that, we get right into the fall. So we're going to have a D23 wrap-up show. Uh, We also have already recorded a cruise line show that we'll be dropping sometime in the next month. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vanessa and myself were joined by Julie Staley, which was a lot of fun. Sorry, Brett. That's okay. I'm okay with people having a good time at Disney when I'm not there. And the fall it, <laughs> the fall is always when I went to Walt Disney World, so I always say it's the best time to go, but yeah. there really is so much wonderful things to do, and so we'll bring on people that have been recently, or we'll talk really in-depth about some of the... I would love to do an episode just on the Halloween party. I know we've talked about it before, but it would just be really fun to just do a deep dive. And all dive. things that are new this Stop. year. Stop. Hmm, Guys, I'm yeah. trying not to get that ticket, so I will be there... I will be in Orlando for the first night of the Halloween party. I've heard, though, that the first night... No, okay, but listen to me. I know, which I've done this before. Is why, this is why maybe you should go the first night, because all 
all of the vloggers will be there, and that's, that's when you can meet all can of the vloggers. I know. That's what I told. That's what I told Brett. I'm like, I'm trying I not mean, to go because it's going to be so crowded with all the vloggers. Because they're what they like. I've, I've been before, and what they like to do is they stake. They they have their little um, PR thing with the Walt Disney World cast members and marketing staff. Mm-hmm. But then they're released out into the parks, and they're every they're, they're everywhere with their cameras, and they like to stake out their spots so they can get the best view, especially for the parade. So you are like mm-hmm. competing with the best of the best for good yes. parade viewing. And uh, But if I go, see, Brett was encouraging me to go so I could tell you all what's going to happen at the Halloween party. But realistically, I know me. I know I'm just going to be following around like Tim Tracker trying to find him. <laughs> and I'm not going to get you anything that you want to hear. I'm just going to be looking for vloggers that I know and love. So well, That could be a fun trip anyway. That would so. be fun. Well, uh, so we have a lot coming up. Again, I know if you're listening to the main feed of the Front Row Network, make sure to like our Beyond the Mouse feed on iTunes, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn, on wherever you want to go because we have infested we have infested the internet. Infested? That's not a good word. We're like the the virus in Wreck-It Ralph 2. You can also see us on NPR Illinois. So you can find us on the NPRIllinois.org homepage under Why Are You Laughing So Much? I am not a virus. We we are everywhere uh, the internet reaches, including NPR Illinois, where Community Voices we podcast. are inevitable. Thank you so much to them. Um, but we better wrap it up before this completely goes off the rails. So for the Beyond the Mouse podcast, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Brett. And we will see you real soon on Pride Rock. No, just kidding. In the front row. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I just can't wait to be king. <laughs> <laughs>